Hey, John. I got here a little early this morning. I saw you in the showroom before everyone got here. Yeah. You know those striders are for kids. You you really are too I was big just getting, for it. I was getting geared up to just I, – I, I wanted to see how they worked when you stride on those bicycles. I know it says 65 pounds. I'm not that far over, Mark. Well, J John, I just want to I just want to say it's okay I'm if you're getting you saw me. if you're getting in touch with your uh, your childhood again. It's okay. Don't just just be all right with that. I'll be fine, and that's I had no problem going around the dealership, and I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> you shouldn't be. Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. So with us today is Ryan McFarland. Ryan is the founder and chief enthusiast at Strider Sports. Welcome, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We're super excited to have you. Um, I, I know I reached out to you a little while ago and you were in Sturgis. Um, you know, tell us about that. You were... Uh, Strider was was uh, involved with Sturgis. What was that all about? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we we were at a bunch of different uh, events, and you might think that uh, it's odd to have bikes for toddlers up at uh, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. But um, we've uh, we've found a number of friends in the area who all are concerned about getting the next generation of riders uh, riding, and that's you know that's what we focus on. So. Um, some fun activities this year. We worked with the Flying Pistons charity uh, on a fundraiser that they had put together. So we donated some Strider bikes to them, and they had a number of custom builders build some really cool machines. So Rick Fairless, Paul Yaffe, and many others, Pat Patterson. Um, so some really cool bikes came out of that, and so we were really happy to support that cause. And um, we were out at Black Hills Speedway, that was a fun one. Tuesday night, the American Flat Track races at the local half-mile dirt track and opening ceremonies. We had a half an hour where we put we set up a course on the front straightaway and had 25 little kids out there on their Strider bikes and all geared up, wearing full-face helmets and goggles and everything and uh, putting on a good show for the crowd. So um, we were there, and then uh, the big event for us this year is we were the uh, we're the presenting sponsor for the Sturgis Motorcycle Museum Hall of Fame, and we do an award at that uh, event each year as well, highlighting somebody who's inspiring other people to get into riding. And uh, so that's a that's a big event there, and trying to connect that fact that you know um, becoming a motorcyclist, one of the stepping stones to becoming a motorcyclist is. Uh, you know, learning to ride, and that starts with a bicycle, and uh, that's where we fit in. And pretty much everyone uh, who loves motorcycling can trace that love back to, at one point, um, you know, usually in their youth, falling in love with that bicycle and having that bicycle represent independence and freedom and, and uh, the exploration and adventure that is beyond your, uh, you know, your cul-de-sac or your street. And it's that first taste of that two-wheeled independence that uh, keeps people going and, and ultimately gets us into motorcycling, which just lets that adventure go that much further. So, so we definitely have a place there because I think a lot of, you know, a couple decades from now, the people in Sturgis will 
probably be able to say, yeah, I started on my Strider when I was two, <laughs> and now I'm now I'm here in Sturgis. So, so Ryan, what, you know, you're you're sitting on an airplane, sitting next to someone, and they and they ask you the question, so what do you do? And um, and you answer that you are, you know, you you founded this really cool business. How do you describe? And I'm looking at one right now. They're very cool, very unique. If you haven't, if our listeners haven't seen what a Strider uh, bicycle is, how do you explain it? Uh, you know, I I say we make really little bikes that teach kids how to ride, and we focus on the fundamentals of getting them on two wheels. Uh, and we do that by letting them just walk the bike along so it doesn't have any pedals on it, doesn't need any training wheels either because their feet are on the ground. And they can just get comfortable uh, walking and running with a bike between their legs, and before you know it, they have their balance figured out, and, uh, and they're on their way to move on to pedals and on to throttles. So, so Ryan... And, I... uh, you know, if they still don't get I use the Fred Flintstone analogy. Just imagine Fred Flintstone on a bike. <laughs> running along with his feet on the ground, just <laughs> so, like he did his car. So, Ryan, I was looking at the various models of Striders that you offer, and I was a bit surprised to see a model that's actually aimed at the six-month-old. Uh, it seems to me that one of, your one of your bikes actually has a rocker instead of wheels. Is that correct? That's correct. The Baby Bundle, uh, that product is the Baby Bundle, and really it's a rocking base with a bike on it. Uh, and then that bike detaches. Uh, so the great thing there is we can get kids, before they can even walk or talk, we have them associating fun with a bike. And so that rocking base lets kids uh, crawl up onto it, climb up onto that bike, and you think about it, kids are learning. That's their introduction to what a saddle is, uh, to what hand, a handlebar and hand grips are, the fact that you straddle the bike uh, and that you rock it forward and back, which is the direction a bike moves, is forward. So kids are, I mean, these are really fundamental things, but still we're introducing it to kids at a super young age. And you think about that, so it may be 15, 18 months when you're ready to take that bike off of the rocking base, that child's associated fun with that bike for over half of their lifetime at that point. So they're not scared of it when you introduce it to them the first time or anything. They've been, uh, you know, they've been playing on it for um, many, many months. And so they're eager to now run it down the hallway or take it outside and run it around in the driveway. And so we're talking about, you know, 15, 18 months old, kids are now pushing around on two wheels and learning to balance that bike. And, uh, you know, by two years old, we've got kids uh, competing in races and everything uh, all across the country and really all around the world. Um, the Strider Cup series has events, um, you know, in Europe and Asia and South America. And so kids at two years old are, are racing on two wheels. Um around the world and by the time they're in the three and four year old class they're exhibiting skills that really are phenomenal um, lean angles through turns with both feet up and a leg out and uh, just really really amazing what kids are accomplishing at a really young age when they start out like this you know it's kind of like tiger woods having a golf club in his hand um, you know as soon as he could stand up that's what this is doing for motorcycling. So I have no doubt that in the 
years ahead, we'll see, uh, you know, national champions and Olympians and everybody else in cycling, bicycling and motorcycling uh, reference back to getting started, you know, at a super young age on a Strider bike. Well, I was particularly fascinated with this as, as a young child, some of my earliest memories are on a rocking horse, of course, as many of us had back in the day. And uh, there's a similarity to, to this, um, th- this particular model, uh, but it has the two wheels and it certainly is more about um, the cycle than it is about a horse. And I just think it's a fascinating and brilliant idea. You also talked, Ryan, a little bit about when you first started this, you noticed that uh, the bikes were heavy and cumbersome and that a lot of that weight had to do with the, ri- the, the drivetrain that, uh, that most bicycles have, the pedals and so on and so forth. So that you wanted to really strip it down to its essentials. What would you characterize as the essential experience um, of riding, whether it's a Strider or a motorcycle? What what is that exactly? What is how would you describe that experience? Oh, with without a doubt, it is balancing on two wheels and steering and leaning through turns. Um, and the really cool thing is when you so this. Let me back up just a second. When I was in the development of this. Uh, you know, I, I had like a little mental block that I had to get over when it came to removing the drivetrain and everything because I was still connecting that with the bike. And uh, my breakthrough in a way or what really set me free in the design was, was when I realized, you know, pedaling or twisting a throttle or pushing with your feet, those aren't the essence of riding. Those are just ways to make the bike move. Um, so, and, and to give you an idea of that, uh, you know, if you're going down a hill, you don't need to twist a throttle or pedal a bike, but you're certainly riding it. Um, but it's really separating those two. And then when you do that, the cool thing is that you see that, well, shoot, now there's this common thread throughout all of it. So, you know, the essence of riding for a two-year-old on a Strider is there it's exactly the same as a person on a mountain bike or a road bike or a person on a dirt bike or a street bike um that essence of riding is shared across all uh all machines and then there are simply different ways to make them move so then you realize well shoot you're just picking uh whether you, whether you're a little kid and striding is the most uh logical and easiest for you to understand you're going to pick that um, you know, you can pedal it, you can twist a throttle on it, you can use electricity or gasoline, whatever you want to do, but it's that essence of riding that connects us all together. Ryan, were you surprised that, uh, w- you know, when you started kind of getting into this, that that kids, or, or I say kids, essentially babies, were able to to do this, were, were able to, to hop on these things and actually make create balance enough to be able to to move a, a bicycle yeah I mean it, it's it's what I was hoping for but but the reality far exceeded what uh, my expectation was uh, you know I went fully down the traditional path with my son I had the tricycle and training wheel bike and I had a little Yamaha 50 with training wheels and you know he was just a little two-year-old and and I think probably going down that path so far and being so eager for him to ride is probably what let me realize that that path is a dead end. I just went all the way down the path and and then realized it was a dead end. So thankfully, 
you know, I was uh, that eager and uh, went went down that path so far. But um, uh, when I started backtracking and thinking, oh, I got to simplify this and I got to get him focused on, you know, where ultimately we want to go, which is two wheels and steering two wheels is different than steering three or four wheels and and all that. So I started backtracking and then really built a, a bike that fit him. So the weight was proportionate to his weight. I mean, he only weighed 22 pounds and stood about 30 inches tall when I built this bike. So, uh, you know, it had to be really small and lightweight. But uh, so I got it focused there. But the amazing thing was what he could do on it. So um, he really, his skills really took off. And so then he's out there uh, jumping over things and going over tree roots and you know, if he couldn't get up a curb or a step, he'd just jump off and pick it up and step up onto it and jump back on the bike and go. It was like nothing was intimidating in him anymore. He just had real command and control of the bike, and that just set him free and set his imagination free that, hey, this bike can take me anywhere. You know, I can go anywhere with this thing. And, uh, you know, I think that's the key to getting kids hooked on riding is that, it's got to be super fun and it's got to be like feeding them mental stimulation in a rapid way uh, just because they have too many other choices in life today uh, from TV and electronics and video games that just feed them mental stimulation at a high rate um, to, you know, all the other sporting activities that are now competing for their attention at four years old. And so if, if bicycling is going to succeed and, and bicycling succeeding is important to the motorcycle industry industry because if kids don't ride bicycles, they won't ever ride motorcycles. You know, if you look at Motorcycle Safety Foundation, the very first line on their requirement is yeah, can you ride a bicycle? You know how to ride a bicycle. Right. <laughs> so they absolutely are connected, you know. Um, so uh, it's, it's giving kids a really great experience and giving giving them that experience at a really young age before they've already developed habits and interests in other areas. And, uh, you know, bicycling kind of won, won attention by default in the past because there wasn't a lot of other stuff for kids to do. You know, they just ended up figuring out how to ride a bike, uh, you know, at five or six years old is kind of the average. And there were no other real organized sports, and there really wasn't much for TV and video games and smartphones. And so that's what they did. They rode their bikes. Um, but now, learning to ride age hasn't reduced. It's still roughly five or six years old on average. Um, but all of these other interests have moved ahead of it. So by four years old, kids are so involved in other activities that now they don't bother to get around to riding a bike. So two interesting surveys have just come out this past week. The uh, National Household Travel Survey, and it showed that uh, the number of trips by bicycle by kids in the United States has dropped by 50% in the last uh, 10 years. And then the other one that just came out was National Sporting Goods Association and its uh, uh, youth participation in bicycling. And they, they even mark participation as uh, riding a bicycle six times in a year. So it's a pretty pretty low bar even. Um, 
and uh, and that in the last ten years has dropped by thirty five percent. Wow. Um, so the, I mean, those are those are staggering drops, and those are those drops. If we don't turn that trend around, those drops uh, are gonna that wave's gonna go through the bicycle industry, and then it's gonna hit the motorcycle industry. Um, you know, in the years ahead. Sure. So, Sure. So, so uh, you must have been pleased to see the the Harley Davidson's ultimate mission, and it's it's uh, you know several different things, but one of them is to um, obviously grow the the sport by engaging in young people. I mean, that must line up with your mission. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, uh, the the bike and motorcycle industry. Um, really would be better served to to join forces in a way um oddly you know i've been a part of both industries and am a part of both with the strider and it's interesting that uh they're they're so closely aligned yet they don't consider each other allies necessarily i mean we've got trick shows in both industries that are kind of struggling and we've got uh, you know all these things that are kind of struggling, and I'm thinking, geez, if they would just combine forces, you could have one heck of a show, you know, trade show. Um, just because the, you you have a broader audience, then you know, bicycles connect you to the to the masses, and then you can carry uh, even the bicyclists all the way through to motorcycling. And when you look at a lot of the suppliers that serve both, you know, whether it's Fox Gear or Troy Lee, or, you know, those guys sell in both industries. They could have one presence at a much larger show. Um, you know, I just think there would be some big wins there. Even advocacy-type work, I think, could go further, uh, you know, joined instead of divided. But and, and the one thing I notice when I go to both shows, you know, industries, um, the, the, the new category that seems to stitch them together perfectly is the electric, the electrification of bikes and motorcycles. So if you go to the motorcycle show, you have electric motorcycles with twist throttles, and there's maybe this one fringe one that is basically just a, a pedal enhancement. So there's no throttle on it. You pedal, and it just adds power. Sure. A certain percentage. And you go to the bike show, and it's all about, you know, um, pedal uh, pedal assisted electric bikes and maybe there's one fringe company that has a twist throttle you know and i'm thinking oh my gosh these are the these are the segments in each show that are thriving and uh and it could perfectly stitch the two shows together and you could have just a massive presence focused around the essence of riding which is getting people on two wheels no matter how you make the thing move and uh, if we could do that, I think the end of both industries would be far stronger. So, Ryan, you, you've got a, an, a collection of models uh, that seem to serve uh, the younger demographic. I'm curious, what is there anything in your imagination for the future of Strider? Is there a, is there an, a model that's in your head that hasn't appeared yet, and is it different than the fundamental uh, model that you have? Where is Strider going next? Where do you see it in 10 years? Uh, you know, we've got, of course, we have lots of things on the on the drawing board in the back, and it's a matter of bringing things out uh, at the right times. And, you know, I, I really believe that we've got to lay that, that 
firm foundation. So, I mean, I think if I focused my efforts on bringing out products for, you know, six and eight year olds, uh, we'd totally be missing the mark. Um, I really see the biggest need in the industry is to reach kids at the youngest age possible before they get, uh, they, before they go down alternate paths. And so that's why our focus is so much about those early years. Um, you know, we'll bring follow-up product out. I mean, uh, we'll have larger bikes and, you know, serve those customers longer. And we'll probably have some at uh, some point that have throttles and pedal assist and all sorts of things, you know, just because I'm an enthusiast of riding in every format. You know, I've got dirt bikes and street bikes and mountain bikes and you name it, anything on two wheels I love. Um, And I can see all of those fitting into the Strider line in the future. Um, But I feel that the most important area to be working right now is to secure those kids at an extremely young age and build that foundation as broad as possible. Um, You know, we just sold our two millionth bike last month. I was going to ask on that. That's pretty incredible. Um, We're set that next year we'll be on pace to be uh, uh, selling more than half a million bikes a year now. And so, and that's reaching kids at that youngest age. So I still feel that, um, I guess our most important mission is to broaden that base as wide as we can, and uh, someday we'll take a part of the the pie on those older products. But um, you know, there's lots of people selling bikes for six year olds and eight year olds and ten year olds out there right now, and uh, you know, but we're we're the company that's getting them onto those bikes, uh, and that's that's the most important part right now is to get them in the door. And, uh, you know, when we, when we feel the time is right, we'll bring out some more product down the line that takes a part of that, that pie. But I still feel the most important part is the entry point. Ryan, I, I, as I remember my earliest memories on bicycles, I remember I was always trying to achieve a sound from my bike. I would put baseball cards uh, on the spokes. I would put balloons on the spokes. Mark, uh, was that back in the, like, 50s? Because I don't remember... <laughs> doing that as a kid i didn't put baseball cards in my bicycle i did well this was in the this would have been in the late 60s and early 70s oh wow okay you take that far back yeah well i'm an old cat um when we would take clothespins and we would clothespin these cards and they'd ruffle in in, in no i've seen i understand you don't need to describe it to me well you're a little slow so i'm just trying to help paint i got i understand what you're saying okay let's pose whatever the question is to ryan well i'm I'm asking ryan as he considers you know the experience for the youngster um have you ever thought about involving some sort of sonics uh to create that sonic Sonics, you know, yep. sound. Yeah. Sonics, all right. I know it's a big I like word it. for and each we have done that. I, I too have uh, clipped the card onto the uh, the frame of the bike to run in the spokes and See? make it sound like a motorcycle. Yes. So I've been there, done that as a kid. So right. um, I know all about it. And we actually have a, uh, a product that we developed for the Strider. Uh, it's called a spoke joker. And it clips onto the, the frame, and it's got a little like plastic it. tab that runs in the spokes and does exactly that. Um, and we don't have it on our website. It's usually just a little giveaway item. So when we're at uh, events and races and stuff like that, we'll give them to the kids uh, to put on their bikes. So Very cool. Um, yep, yep, a fun deal. 
Well, Ryan, so uh, anything that you can tell us about some, I know uh, Mark asked a question, but anything that's uh, coming out very soon, or maybe you want to tell our listeners about Strider, um, you know, you're, you're basically everywhere. I mean, he's at Target now. He's uh, all every online resource that you can find these bicycles. I mean, they literally are everywhere. In fact, they're at dealer shows. I mean, Harley Davidson dealer shows. I've seen them, seen them there as well. Um, but anything that you can tell us, Ryan, that's that's uh, you know you want to announce here on our podcast. I think the two big uh, releases late last year and really the push for this year have been the baby bundle, getting kids started even younger than ever before. And then our follow-up bike, the 14X. So the Baby Bundle has our 12-inch bike on it, which is our our uh, kind of our bread and butter balance bike for that one and a half to three, four-year-old. And uh, the 14X was a new model that we just brought out. Um, so a lot of people aren't even familiar that, with that one yet. But uh, that's the next step. It serves kids from three to seven, and and uh, very cool design. We've We've developed some innovations in that bike that really have not been part of bicycling before. Um, but that bike starts out as a balance bike. It has a footrest bolted in uh, where the pedals would be on a bicycle, but that's also where the foot pegs on a dirt bike are. So, you know, you can ride this as a balance bike, put your put both feet up on the pegs, practice your skills standing up, riding while standing, and and, uh, you know, pumping or jumping over curbs and obstacles and things like that to really build those skills. And then when you're ready, we've got a drivetrain that bolts in. It's a simple, I mean, it literally is 60 seconds, and it's converted to a pedal bike. You loop the chain on, and it's one bolt, and it is uh, ready to be propelled by pedals. But the really unique thing in the design is that uh, we narrowed the whole drivetrain and uh, in kids' bike design, there's a lean angle requirement by federal safety regulations that have to be met. And nobody has really addressed that in a, in a I guess, a, the proper manner. Everybody just addresses lean angle by raising the pedals up. But when you raise the pedals up, you throw all the geometry off on the bike. Sure. But what we did was we narrowed it so that we could actually drop the pedals down lower. So then the seat comes down lower. Uh, the kids can touch the ground, so they don't need training wheels. They can uh, actually hold the bike up themselves. They can even ride the bike with a striding motion instead of pedaling to get to get uh, to put the bike in motion. Putting the bike in motion from the standstill is one of the hardest parts about learning to ride a bike. You know, you got to move the pedal until you get it to the top, and then you got to try and push really hard and get your balance and get going all at once. And when that fails, you got to go through the whole process again and and uh, get struggle with that whole part, especially when the bikes are too big and the seat's too high and all that. Pretty soon they want to go do something else because this isn't fun. And remember that we go back to we're in competition with all these other things, so we've, we've got to make this fun. And this, the way this new drivetrain is built, kids can just jump on it and ride it just like it was their strider, which they feel like a pro at. And once the bike is in motion, instead of putting their feet up on the foot pegs and gliding, they just put them up on the pedals and you say, hey, why don't you turn those while your feet are on them? And hey, by the way, you're now riding a bicycle. It, I mean, it literally is that easy. So we've got kids three, three years old that are, uh, that are proficiently riding around on pedal bikes now. This has never happened before in history. So, uh, you know, it's another game changer in kids learning to ride, and it puts us that much further ahead of all of the competing interests 
there by getting kids to this milestone earlier than ever before and getting parents excited about the the fact that their kid is on a bike riding around um, and loving being outside and not parked in front of the TV. So... Well, Ryan. Uh, so that that's a lot of a lot of uh, good stuff happening with that bike. There it is. And you I got a lot of stuff going on. Is rolling out a, uh, go ahead. Well, Ryan, we were just we were just looking at the time. We're uh, we're we're over uh, twenty five minutes already, and uh, we just uh, we are fascinated with your product and your mission, and we love that you're contributing and building riders. Is that's what we're all about here as well. Um, and I, I want to just thank you for taking the time to talk about some of the inner thoughts about Strider um, and the future of Strider. And, and they can find these things anywhere. I mean, literally, any you type it into Google, and he is he has hit every single place that you can possibly sell these. Which is no wonder he's selling. What, what did he? What did you say? Half a billion, half a million of these a year. Yep. Well. Yep. Just judging by the way kids react when they see the Strider on the showroom floor amongst our street glides and our road glides and all of our big big motorcycles, you're on to something special here, Ryan, because the kids immediately gravitate towards them. We leave them out of their box on our floor. They run to them. They grab them. Uh, you've obviously um, you've tapped into something here. And, well, we thank you for talking with us today on Behind the Bars podcast. Um, thank you very much, Ryan. We much appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Hey, I bet i appreciate it uh if you can plug our website real quick striderbikes.com and if you want to check out what we're doing with uh, public schools to get kids on bikes it's strider education foundation that's a good one we should look that one up after yeah so, absolutely. thanks a lot guys thank you thank ryan you, very ryan. much we appreciate it thanks for listening to the behind the bars podcast sponsored by wilkins harley davidson stay tuned for our next exciting podcast check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.